0: space tribe members welcome back to another episode of that one time i was abducted by aliens my name's jamie my name is Brie, and we're
1: two sides of the coin.
0: Bree, Jamie. Brie. What's our episode about today?
1: Today we had the pleasure in interviewing John D'Souza.
0: Yeah, he's a former FBI agent with 25 years of top-secret security clearance under his belt. He has investigated and collected experiences on paranormal cases for the last two decades. And during all this time, he's been collecting what he calls The Real X-Files. He's also an author and the chief editor of the... The Age of Math's Awakening books.
1: I think what's really cool about this is just this year, I think it was the second episode that we released of this year, I actually had mentioned him because we were talking about X-Files just coming out and a lot of the little truths that they had in it. And I spoke about an episode I watched of Beyond Belief with George Norrie and John D'Souza was on there. And I was so surprised to hear that this was a real FBI agent who had these X-Files and he was the real X-Files. He was the real FBI agent who had these files. You know, it's weird because we watch these shows and we think it's just all sci-fi, but there's always real bits of truth. There's always some type of story or baseline that is actual fact. And he was the man.
0: All right, so let's just get straight into this interview because I'm super excited about it. So I hope you guys enjoy.
2: Welcome, everyone. This is X-Man John D'Souza coming to you from the lush deserts of Arizona from the secret site under the Grand Canyon to the haunted western town of Bisbee to the red mystic mountains of Sedona, like a blazing dirt devil tearing through the old landscape and piercing the veil. Thanks for joining me and your wonderful hosts, Jamie and Bree, who rant, question, and conclude about this inner, outer, an Unseen World. And, oh yeah, about that one time I was abducted by aliens.
1: Well, thank you so much for coming on today. We really, really appreciate you setting time to talk with
2: us. Oh, that's my pleasure. My pleasure. I'm, I'm pretty uh, stoked to be on here with you guys because uh, I've been uh, looking at you guys' stuff, and it's pretty awesome. Toddy Wapa.
0: Thank Thank you. So I want to start off by asking you what really got you into the paranormal side of this kind of community? I know it started, you know, in the FBI with you when you were um, researching things, but what on a personal level really got you involved in this kind of work?
2: On a personal level, I'll tell you, it was uh, back when I was, when I was a kid. I mean, even as as young as 10 years old, when I started having my experiences where I had my observation experiences and contacts experiences with alien visitors and ufos Uh, i had uh, i can tell you literally i had my parents uh, took me to a party in uh, some kind of a fiesta in uh, new york city and i was there it was a big huge i guess it was a wedding reception Uh, and uh, it was hundreds of people there in some rented hall and I was out there with a bunch of little kids. We all ran out into the night uh, because we were tired of being in there with the adults. And we went out and it was about one in the morning, really late at night, and it was a beautiful starry night out there. And we probably shouldn't have been running around in that neighborhood, but we ran like a mile away from uh, from the rented hall where we had been. And it's like maybe a dozen kids and we were just playing tag and Rigolivio and having fun out there. And at one point, another kid, a bigger kid hit me in the stomach and I went down on the sidewalk and one of the girls yelled, he's really hurt. And so they all ran back to the rented hall and left me out there. <laughs> and so I was looking up between the two tallest buildings I'd ever seen to that point, And uh, there was a big dark spot in the sky where the stars were blotted out and it was like a dark ink cloud and I looked closer at it and some spotlights started coming out the bottom and they were coming out and coming towards me. And it looked like an old fashioned, sort of like UFO that you would see. And with lights spinning in the bottom and and I got uh, hit by that spotlight that many witnesses I've heard talk about since then, that sort of bluish, bluish greenish sort of spotlight that just hit me and just goes right through you and you just feel it like, mm-hmm. the, like you feel it like, collecting information on you. And I just stood there. And then two teenage girls appeared on my left and they were screaming and looking up at the same thing mm. I was. And one of them screamed at me, little boy, you better you better run home. The world might be ending. And then right at that moment, she said that it was like me and the, uh, the UFO kind of changed our minds at the same time. I took a step back out of the spotlight and the thing reversed course and started going back up into that black cloud. And then the cloud disappeared. The thing disappeared, and I ran back. And those two girls, by the way, just disappeared too. I uh, I, I just figured they ran as far as fast as I'd ever seen a human being run. They were like, completely out of sight, wow. and I just ran and ran back to the hall, tried to tell my parents what happened, and that didn't go well until we got home. About a week later, that uh, I had my first. Contact experience—it's almost as if those UFOs collect info on people and then take it back somewhere where decisions made. A decision is made on whether to contact the people who information is collected on, and that's what happened in my case, I believe. And these things. So about a week later, my dad's house, I had an experience where my room again. It was like it was about three in the morning. I was trying to stay awake for some reason, and I just felt the room change, and I felt like what I figured what I thought at the time were little children in my room, my bedroom, and they grabbed my feet and my head at the same time and they were able to lift me up like a plank, like a plank that was extremely light for some reason. And they were able to lift me up and I just saw the ceiling coming closer and closer to me because they were climbing on top of nothing. Nothing in the air. They were just climbing. And they were lifting me up towards the ceiling. And I saw the ceiling coming closer and closer to me. And then they started passing right through the ceiling. And But my forehead just clunked against the ceiling. It wouldn't go through. And they seemed very confused by that. They lowered me. And I stayed wherever they lowered me. And they kept examining the same spot to see why I wouldn't go through. And then they... Try it again, and the same result. I just clunked against the ceiling. But as they were doing that, I was able to move my neck a little bit more and more, as they were clunking my my forehead against the ceiling there, and I was able to kind of see them, and I saw that they were not children. They were, they had the appearance of like the classic grays with the sort of misshapen head and the eyes that those giant black eyes that wrap around the face. And I was also able to look down and my parents' bedroom were right off of my bedroom and the door was wide open and I could see into there and that way I could actually see the creatures that were with me because there were two more on the ground over my parents' bed and they were holding their hands out over my parents' bed as if they were using some kind of field to keep them asleep because my parents were in pools of sweat and they looked like they were twisting and turning trying to wake up and they couldn't and they couldn't. And then the one that was on the ground closest to me I saw him turn his head towards me and I saw those, and that was the first time I saw one of these things very clearly and I could see that they were, they appeared to me to be alien creatures, uh, the classic alien gray appearing creatures. And he looked into my eyes, I looked at that one that was closest to me on the ground and all I heard was the words, he's awake. And as soon as I heard that, it was like a cord was cut and I just fell like a sack of potatoes into my bed. A lot of springing going on, and they were gone. Wow! All of them
1: were gone. That is
0: intense. Yeah, and it's crazy that you remember it so clearly as well. Yeah. A lot of people in the community they have these experiences, and you know they don't remember so much detail. So it's amazing that you can kind of remember, you know, your head clonking on the ceiling and stuff like yeah. that.
2: It took a while for all of it to come back to me, but eventually it did, and, and it's and it just it becomes mm-hmm. like a clear memory like it just happened yesterday.
1: Wow. I do believe that they do kind of do a pre-scanning sometimes that maybe you come across a sighting and for whatever reason, there's a type of maybe energetic exchange. Mm -hmm. And then like you said, maybe the information goes back somewhere and then they decide if they want to contact the person another time in a more intimate setting. I definitely think that's what happens. And it sounds like that's exactly what happened with you.
2: Yeah. And from all the cases that I've looked into since in the years since that it does it does we do see that very often that we have that observation experience with people where they are it's almost like they're trying to grab their interest to make them interested and fascinated Mm -hmm. and then that just sort of draws them in and then the contact goes forward later on. And it seems like that's something very, very popular, familiar.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of skeptics, too, you know, they say like, oh, well, I don't see UFOs. I don't see this. So how how can I believe in it? But I think that if aliens are really contacting us on a personal level, they're probably only contacting those people who, you know, have those vibrations that are ready to accept those kind of things.
2: Yes. And that segues into another uh, theme that I think is really important which is that I really believe that uh, people are selected and chosen for this kind of experience at a very young age and some of them know that it's gone on and some of them don't and that you know and that really connects to the fact that I think young people are the key to really getting to the truth of these matters in so many areas because in the movement to really tear down this uh, embargo against truth that has been enforced for so long against knowledge about alien visitors and UFOs, we have to, you know, getting to young people and getting young people to understand is the most important thing that there is. Because because the older people, I mean, they're just in a different world. They're just in a different world. They're still in like nineteen forty seven with Roswell and figuring that out. And that doesn't help us. That doesn't help anybody. You know, even like the To the Stars Academy that released these uh these videos from the Pentagon that look like they're from nineteen fifties, actually. Okay. You know, that stuff doesn't help anybody. Mm-hmm. The only way that we're gonna get to real truth on this matter is to get is to get young people to be part of this movement for truth and finding out what's going on with all of this. And I'm more convinced of that now than ever.
0: Yeah, I think definitely we personally have seen like a big shift, maybe spiritually in our planet where, you know, maybe our our parents and our grandparents weren't so into opening up their mind to other possibilities, but the generation we have going on now is just so receptive to this kind of information and is so interested in it. And it's definitely fostering a place where people People can explore it without being criticized
2: yeah and it's the most important thing in the uh, movie the matrix which was really a documentary about what's really happening there was great there was a great line where um, Morpheus says to uh, Neil usually he says to him Neil when uh, the mind when a person reaches a certain age we don't try to free the person anymore because the mind has a hard time letting go and that is so true. If you can just get young people to look at these topics and to really to look at these alternate realities before they're like, you know, like 30 or so, then it really makes a huge difference in openness to these, to these sorts of things because the mind has a hard time letting go the older people just have such a hard time because they're still used to that world they grew you guys didn't grow up in a world where television news was trusted mm-hmm. you guys you <laughs> guys didn't grow up in a world where all of these uh, institutions are like unquestioned you can't question them and you you have to accept their information and so that's that's an awesome thing because that's the key to everything that these institutions, that the government's not, not telling us truth about anything, that the TV TV news and corporate news is absolutely false, absolutely false.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of of the media, I know you know one thing you love to talk about is the the six-inch mummy from Chile. Yeah. You're a big proprietor yeah. saying the media is basically covering this information up. That what was studied. Is believed to be something not of this earth and you think that there's you know something higher up going on stopping it can you maybe explain a little bit your thoughts on that yeah
2: this is the greatest fraud of our century and it's perpetrated and and the shocking part about it is not that the news media is part of the fraud because everybody knows that they're they're fraud right off the bat Mm -hmm. Uh, the shocking part of it is that the scientific community including laboratories, <laughs> are part of this fraud, another unquestioned you know, authority of our society that people would never think are fooling us. Yeah, and that's that's the key here, uh, which is the fact that the Atacama uh, six-inch mummy has exposed the man behind the curtain, which is that uh, the fact that uh, you know this is this six-inch mummy that anybody can Google image and they can check it out, and it was a it was a real thing. It was a real living entity because you can tell from the x-rays that it wasn't it's not a fraud it's actual living uh, entity that was alive this thing i think they they dated it about 60 60 years old 60 uh the cadaver the mummy 60 60- years old and it is it is just this alien looking thing that they did all the uh, preliminary testing on and showed that it was a non-human creature it's a non-human species and you know putting aside completely the whether it's an alien or not that's not even a question question is that it's definitely not human and it has about 18 features that are separate that are different from humans this is something that was that was exposed at first to the world in 2012 uh, by Dr. Dr. Greer, Dr. Greer in his uh, documentary Sirius, uh, and that's you know that documentary that's uh, available on my Gaia channel, and uh, it's, anybody can go look at it. It's a great documentary. I would recommend for anybody to see it and it's but the problem is that dr greer trusted stanford science department which is you know mainstream scientific uh, authority and he trusted them to do the deep testing genetic testing on this thing and so they did it and they did the uh, and what happens always in these cases is that they do the genetic the preliminary findings they do it honestly and they do the genetic testing honestly everything the whole process is done honestly until the conclusion and what they do is and this is what they did a couple of months ago stanford science department did all the testing on this thing but then they got this conclusion which they fed out to the fake news media uh and the conclusion said okay forget about all the genetic testing we just did for years on this thing and all of the all of the work that we did on this thing uh we have decided that this is just a human fetus after all which is insane because the scientists that made that conclusion is actually on record In the serious documentary, you can see him. You can see him saying, this is a non-human species. It's definitely not a human fetus. There's no way it could be. And common sense tells you the same thing too, if you just look at the case. And so this really exposes something that's even bigger than fake news because it exposes fake science is being used against us you know hey anybody uh, remember uh, uh studying galileo uh studying uh tesla the people who during their during their time found things that were completely against science at their time to- at the time they were living and who were completely destroyed i mean they were destroyed in order to suppress and who who did that the scientists at the time did that, and the laboratories at the time did that too. And that's what's going on, and that's what's going on here. Because you know, what we're finding out is that if you pull on this thread a little bit, do a little bit of investigation, uh, you find that this is not the first time they've done this in recent history. That this has been done with the uh, Kirstum. there's a there's a Kirsten, uh mummy, um, Kirstum Russia mummy, that also recently came out. Uh, that was very similar. It was a foot tall. It wasn't six inches. It was a foot tall in Kyrsten, Russia. And it was a mummy, again, that was probably about 60, 70 years old. And they did the exact same procedure on it where they exposed. And you can you can Google image this and see the see all the pictures of this thing. It was very similar to the Atacama, uh, except it had this sort of ridged, reptilian skull that was a little slightly different Um, but it's definitely not human. Now You could see it was a non human species. This stuff has this stuff doesn't necessarily have anything to do with aliens but it has to do with breaking the paradigm that we live
0: in what I kind of get from it is not necessarily it doesn't really matter what this mummy is or isn't what matters here is just that the government once again is lying to our faces in some way shape or form or not even government just the higher entities that are you know moving all the pawns around behind the scenes are constantly you know tricking us and it kind of drives us a little bit crazy when people are like oh our government wouldn't lie to us or the people who are in charge would never lie to us and I kind of look at them and I sigh and I'm like don't don't you watch the news or, like, look at they Like, they're just <laughs> lying to you all the time. The Pentagon came out not that long ago saying, oh, oh, yeah, we've been studying UFOs for a long time with black money. It was a secret project. Like, yeah, we did that. You would think that that would be some sort of an indication for people that, hey, guess what? Our government does stuff all the time and lies to us that we don't know anything about.
1: I think that's why this time it, it's science. And the word you were using, just mainstream science, I've been saying that for a while, too, because I think it's just another tactic where they use an opinion where you would, you know, put on a pedestal and you would believe 100% to then come in at the very last minute and say, oh, no, 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 no. It wasn't an alien, guys. This is the reason. And I think we've seen this a lot recently even with this tabby star. This thing that's been baffling people for years and years and then last minute come out and say, oh, no, no, guys, it's just dust. Space dust. It's We're in this weird place where we really can't believe anything, (laughs) in my opinion. If something's been told to us, I just don't really know how much faith I can put
2: into it. Exactly. And, but then you have to, and uh, I need to know more about the tabby star situation, but you have to add to this that people just can't fathom that laboratories would give a false conclusion and why, and why would they do that? Mm -hmm. And I always, and I tell people they do that for, they have even more reason than scientists to give false conclusions because laboratories have to be licensed every year by their state they have to be licensed and accredited every single year and they are not going to put out a conclusion finding a new non-human species in their genetic and they don't even have to end the thing is with the labs is they don't even have to fake the testing because they can do all the testing correctly and do it all and do it all exactly the way it should be but then all they have to do is based on a false conclusion at the end. That's all they have to do, and that's what they've been doing over and over again
1: and this was this was a long time ago i remember when serious documentary first came out i've seen it probably a dozen times and then it was strange that you know a few months ago we see this cycle of pictures of the mummy coming out again and the both of us jamie and i were just thinking well what the hell why is this coming out now yeah, why is this news this again has been we know more this. than four years and of course the only thing that comes out is an answer pretty much saying that it's not an alien that was really the only side of the story (laughs) that just all of a sudden popped up four years later right it didn't make any sense
2: right which again is a a lie if you apply a little bit of common sense and high school biology you can remember that they the one thing they can't do is that they can't say it's not an alien uh because they don't have alien genetic samples to compare against. Right. Mm-hmm. So how can any scientist or lab put out a statement that something is not alien when they don't have basis for comparison? Yeah, they don't. So right away, if somebody just has a little common sense, they can listen to that and say, OK, that's BS. Absolute BS, because you don't have a way to do that.
1: I think I remember you saying the DNA results. There was about a 10 percent difference between our human DNA and the DNA of the Atacama yes. alien. Yes. And then I think I also heard you say that even just with apes, that it's a 1% difference.
2: Yeah, 1% to 2% difference with chimpanzees and gorillas so, from humans. I
1: mean that itself that is crazy
2: absolutely and
1: that is nuts and
2: this is going on again right now with uh, Gaia TV which has the Mm Nazca mummies which has all the Nazca mummies which are creatures that have three fingers and three toes and uh, they are amazing amazing uh, differences from human and they are real creatures because they have the x-rays the x-rays show that they are real creatures not put together and and uh, Gaia TV actually used dozen, a dozen labs because they knew that one lab, uh, there's a high likelihood that a lab could fake the results. Uh, so they decided, okay, we're gonna use 12, we're gonna use a dozen labs with these, uh, with what they call Lucy, the Lucy mummy, and then other and several other mummies that they have as well. And what they found is that, <laughs> is that every single lab either came back, uh, did all the deep, deep testing. And of course the preliminary results always say, always say, oh, this is not human, this is not human creature. But then when they do the deep, deep testing, the nuclear, called the nuclear testing, uh, they would paste on a conclusion that always said either, oh, DNA is too degraded to make, to create a, a real reliable result or they just said, "Oh, it appears uh, to be only human DNA, all human, 100 percent." Well, but which doesn't match up to all the testing that they did on the on the creatures, and they won't post the testing on the internet so that people can verify can verify that the labs did a proper procedures in doing the testing. They won't post it, and, and that's and that's something you should be able to do you should be able to post all of your testing.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but I think at the same time a lot of these labs too, they don't want to be known for, oh, you're the one who said aliens are real. So I could, I understand the hesitance of a lot of these scientists of not wanting to come out and say these things because of the stigma that gets put behind when you believe in those type of things.
2: Well, well, not just, not just stigma, they would be absolutely, they would be destroyed. They would be laughed out of their, out of their profession and their licenses would not be renewed. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just sad
1: though because Because Gary Nolan, right? I think that's his name. Gary Nolan, the scientist that put this together. On the documentary, he said that he was going to get into it and, you know, do all the testing because he didn't mind being the weird one, that he would be the one to take those risks and put himself out there no matter what the rest of his colleagues thought. (laughs) So, you know, it's like he says this and then four years later comes out and says that actually it was nothing. And then not only that, but he also so happens to be with To The Stars Academy now.
2: Yeah, yeah, exact.
1: And so I'm thinking, wait, there's a missing link here. There's something that's happening. Why is it that four years later, he's going to come out and say that it was an alien yeah. and it was all garbage, pretty much, around the same exact time that he comes with like, To The Stars Academy? Well, there's think, something weird well, with that. I think that To The Stars Academy also has
0: a big link to Stephen Greer not knowing it. You know, Stephen Greer and Tom DeLong are these two people where the government kind of came up to them and was like, we want to pass you the wand and you guys are going to be the truth seekers and you're gonna go out there and do all this information and in the long run both of them kind of got duped by the government they ended up being these big pawns so it's interesting that all three of these kind of people have this connection to to the stars and to the government and it's you know goes back to the video that the to the stars released where it was oh my god this is UFOs and then now people are coming out saying like no that's not what this is like this is just this is bullshit that the government's feeding you to make you think a certain way
2: exactly and that's why you know that's why these guys, yeah, you're right, that uh, Steven Greer and uh, Tom DeLong are in very similar positions, uh, because yeah, Dr. Greer, unfortunately, all of the BS that the Gary Nolan told him is the reason why he was trusted, why he trusted Gary Nolan with the actual Atacama mummy that, so that he could even destroy parts of it in order to do the nuclear testing on it. And uh, Dr. Greer was shocked, was in shock, when Gary Nolan went against everything he ever said, which he's on record. he's on record saying and he's on video and people see the things and he's on record saying this is not a human this is not a human species and we are going to conclude that it's not a human species And then you know four years later uh, he just you know he stabbed Dr. Greer in the back and not just him but everyone with this finding because he showed that he's more concerned about his grants and his tenure at Stanford University and the goodies that he gets, and also he got some awards from Department of Defense, US Department of Defense, after making that finding. So yeah, this is all part of one, one integrated system where this is going on, and mainstream science is not here to serve the people. It's just not, and it's not doing that at all.
0: Well, I think that's why it's important though to get so many, you know, kids today into the sciences and things like that so we can kind of stop the stigma of this older generation who's trying to put a cap on what, you know, we can learn or what knowledge we have. And I think if we have, you know, more and more scientists who don't give a shit and aren't worried about, you know, getting funding for their labs and stuff like that, a lot more information is going to come out.
2: Yeah, well, the investigators have to own the laboratories. This is the only way we're going to be able to get to the truth of this. I I was recently... On with uh, George Nuri on his Gaia show. And that's what I said to him. I said to him, because he, he said to me, well, how are we going to ever get to the truth of these things when these mummies come out and how are we going to find And I told him, I said, George, we've got to own the labs that do these things, that do this testing. Uh, it's the only way we're going to get... And that really, and because he's of a certain age, that really disturbed him because he said, well, then it's, you own the labs and it's going to be, people are going to believe it's biased, that the conclusions are biased. I said, no, because you post the results on the net. Right. You post all the testing, the thing that they're not willing to do. You post it all, put it right Mm -hmm. up there and people can look at it and see it. And, you know, if they're scientifically inclined, they can, they can read it and see what, what, that it matches up with the conclusion that's what you need to do but you know it goes back into the same thing that i said you know it's like people of a certain age just can't accept that uh, scientific authorities could be lying well, not could <laughs> be
1: they are definitely right
2: just like right. you said,
1: they're still stuck in the, you know, yeah. are UFOs real and still stuck on what happened at Roswell? We're talking and about weather balloons I think and yeah. pieces of tinfoil. Yeah. Both Jamie and I were just kind of like yeah. eye roll when we think of people yeah. wanting to, you know, talk about Roswell because yeah. it was so yeah. long ago. It's kind of like they're here. Don't we all know this? Let's get over it yeah. and let's yeah. move on and let's get into let's the deeper move. discoveries yeah. of it
2: let's move forward. But they can't do that. And the reason is because even ufology itself and paranormal and, you know, even, even, uh, Bigfoot hunting, all of these areas are filled with all of these former scientists and scientific thinkers and engineers and people who are, you know, they're still trying to please their former career their former of uh, the professionals that they used to hang out with and so because of that is the reason why ufology hasn't moved forward like one bit in the last like 50 years and people are still hung up on roswell that's the reason because we're depending on these scientific thinkers and these scientific people and it's just insane that that's going on because we'll never this area and all areas of the unknown will not move forward as long as people still defer to the scientific uh, way of thinking.
0: Yeah, I think Roswell's kind of an interesting topic. You know, we just got back from Alien Con, and we were at um, a panel with uh, Linda Moulton Howe and Mike Barrow was there. David Childress, one of the producers from Ancient Aliens, and you know they're talking about you know what happens after Roswell. And you know afterwards they had opened it up to like a, a question and answer kind of forum. And I ran straight up there, and I was like, you know, everybody talks about Roswell. What what else should we talk about? Give me something else because we've talked about Roswell in well and out.
2: Yeah, that. Yeah. And, you know,
0: give me, give me something different. Give me a different crash site so that we can go over and look at it. Because I think at this point we've looked at Roswell from every angle. We've gotten all the information we can get out of it. It's time to move on to the next one.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, and, you know, and I want to be respectful towards people who still want to talk about like who killed JFK, but really it's like, it's like, come on, we've got, we've got things going on right now. That are very similar to who killed JFK, and we need and we need to really, you know, be refocus ourselves and just let go of that stuff and, and just look at things that actually per, are relevant to our lives today. And so, yeah, so that's so important. I'm so glad that you did that, and I hope I hope that they listened. I hope. I don't
0: know. I don't know if they listened, but they did say they wanted us to look into Aztec New Mexico, the crash that happened there, which I had never heard about before. Linda Moulton Hal went into a little bit about it. So that's definitely something that we're going to be researching. But I think that's important. We have to stop talking about the same things over and over again. That's like when, you know, the stuff came out about the mummy again, me and Brie again looked at each other like, what? We've been over this before. Why are we still talking about this? Like, let's move on to the next thing.
1: I think we're stuck in like a repetitive cycle where we're just talking about the same things over. Over and over and over again but then we're not coming to any new conclusions i exactly. think we might need to just stop completely. Exactly. drop all of i mean me personally i'm not so fond of the hard physical evidence that a lot of people need and i think because a lot of what's happening is not physical there is yes. no hard evidence yes it takes your experience and yes. to me that's where we need to go That's where we need to explore, we need to open up those doors, come up to conclusions that just sound absolutely out there, because I think we've said this multiple times that the truth is stranger than fiction, of course, and I think that's where the answers lie.
2: And Bree, that's exactly why I want you to look at my book, The Extra Dimensionals, because that's exactly why I wrote that book, to look at new things and new conclusions to move this whole UFO argument forward because that's exactly what extra dimensionals is. It is the, it is the uh, proposal that maybe this is not a physical phenomena. that maybe alien visitors are not uh, locking themselves into rockets like we would, into tin cans and sailing across space <laughs> like we would, because they're not absolutely. like us. They are absolutely not like us. They are, th- this whole area is a question of wormholes and gateways. That they are actually here with us because they are coming in through here all the time, coming in through Earth and then returning through Earth all the time constantly because they are not coming from outer space. And so this is a this is a multidimensional reality that people need to look at and that they are not inside those UFOs. The UFOs are actually a separate form of life, sentient life that comes with them and carries out little tasks for them
0: my my next question was going to be speaking about your book you know you do make comments that you think that ufos are living creatures and kind of can you define what that means for somebody maybe some of the listeners who don't quite understand that or grasp that
2: yeah because one of the uh one of the extra-dimensional realities is that other life is not necessarily biological like we are it can be other forms of life mechanical it can be uh, other forms electronic can be other forms of things that are living sentient things and so i believe that uh ufos are a separate form of life the real ones i mean the ones that are genuinely genuinely extraterrestrial in nature, and they are themselves alive and that they accompany alien visitors like uh like familiars with witches, like the way that witches use familiars. And they carry out little tasks for them, and they uh and they do things for for the alien visitors. And they use the same wormholes and gateways to come here and leave again. They're from other dimensions and they are from uh, and the place where I first got that idea, as a matter of fact the ideas that I base my book on extra dimensionals is from an fbi document from an fbi agent from 1947 the same i think that's the same year as roswell uh and it was and it was a document that he wrote that you can you can find at vault.fbi.gov and it was and it's under uh, it's under unexplained phenomena if you click on that and then you go to uh ufos under that and It's on the first group of documents and it is uh, it's on page 22 and it's a memorandum of importance Which an FBI agent wrote because he had an informant who he said was an alien visitor and this informant told him That that alien visitors are not physical that they are coming here from other dimensions of reality that they change their vibration to match our physical vibration for short periods of time and that's how they're able to visit. And the same thing with UFOs. There's no one inside of those UFOs. They are, they are a separate form of life. They are alive, sentient. And it also says that they're here for peaceful, peaceful purposes and they are just seeking a plane that they can settle on forever.
1: So I happen to also think that a lot of these UFOs are alive and and sentient. There's been quite a few that I've seen where when you just observe their, their movement, it's so fluid and it's so hard to describe. There's just no way that it could be a solid craft like we would have here on earth. And what I've noticed is they definitely respond to what other are what kind of vibes and energy that you're putting out yourself Exactly. and so I mean I've done this a lot where you know just kind of your intention and sending out as much love as you can and when there's a big group of people that do that you'll tend to have a big sighting and you will see those exact types of UFOs that are just glowing and they're orbs but yet they move and it looks like they can shift into all these different uh, it's, it's the strangest thing it's almost like a jelly ball.
2: Right. And they also signal.
1: Yeah, they'll, they'll signal sing, yes. in
2: response to queries and to, you know, if people say, it, you know, give us yeah. a signal, give us this and they will respond. Ex- it's because it's a form of Yeah, exactly. Yeah, There's that
1: type of exchange between us and them. And so, you know, I think about how if we can sort of call them in that way. Then when they choose to visit us in general, like I know I've had a weird experience. Jamie has. Obviously, that's why we have the show, because we both have been contacted personally. And I wonder if there is some sort of energetic signature that resonates with them and they can feel that. And maybe we weren't ready for it yet. But then they came to us kind of like to wake us up, to remember to this and to kind of go down this trail of trying to figure out what is the bigger picture here because it's absolutely one-on-one most of the experiences that we've had it's like we've only experienced ourselves it means something deep to ourselves i I just can't help but think that there has to be some strange maybe on a soul level or some type of overall signature that we have that we're kind of calling each other
2: absolutely there is And that is something that they have you marked for. And that makes that facility, makes it uh, very uh, facile for, it makes it very easy for them to contact with you and to exchange spiritual energy. Because this is all, this is all based on spiritual energy. And that's how you know what it is you're contacting. And that's how you feel it and you're aware of it. And so now imagine that what you're talking about is going on times many, many thousands all across this country with a lot of different young people who are experiencing the same things. The only difference is that you embrace it. You openly admit it and embrace it. And so many people out there, you know, they try to suppress it and try to ignore it and maybe it'll go away. But it doesn't. It's always in it. And that's why that's why they're listening to your show right now. Because they feel something within them that this stuff is true and it's real. And I believe we're headed towards a climax where ultimately this these um, alien visitors, the, the benevolent ones, the good ones, uh, who are doing this contact with you. Because you can feel if they're good or not you can that's that's a spiritual filter that you have and you have the ability to have that sensitivity and they have set you aside for this purpose and so what we're heading towards is a time when when not that the uh, that the alien visitors are not going to go land on the white house right. <laughs> they are they are actually going to reveal themselves to people like jamie and Bree, and just and reveal themselves and what they want and how to do it and that that day is coming soon.
1: I hope so. That's definitely why we started the podcast. Both of our experiences were really so, so long ago. And, and we did the same thing. Suppress, ignore. Yeah,
0: and as we've learned and talked about it as, you know, we've gotten older. You know, Me and Brie have known each other since we were in, like, ninth grade. Uh, both of our experiences happened at the same time. And even though they happened at the same time, we never talked about it with each other until we were older. And that we realized that literally within days of each other we had, like, our really big experiences wow. that kind of stuck out and made us really get into this kind of field wow
2: that means that there's probably a larger group of people circle of people that had very similar experiences at the same time as you guys as well
0: oh absolutely i i kind of say this in a joking way to people when i meet somebody and it feels like i know them i always say to myself like i bet you i met you in the spaceship yeah it's a joke but it's real but it's It's totally real (laughs) i say it in a joking way because a lot of people you know you can't say that to them in a serious way where they agree with you but i say it in a joking way and they're like oh yeah yeah maybe but then i go home and i'm like no really i bet you that's where i know them from
2: wow yeah that's really something because you can have memories that have been that have been wiped out, and, but human consciousness is an amazing thing, and little pieces can start to come back, piece by piece by piece, and sometimes it can take years for an entire memory to come back, but it, it will, it will, and it appears, and then people are just shocked, and they think, oh no, this has gotta be a dream, it's gotta be a hallucination, and it's not. It's a reality that can, come, can be brought back to you yeah. at a later time. And it comes back clear as water when it does come back.
0: Absolutely. So speaking of clear, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit more about your most recent book that you have out called Clear Hearers.
2: Oh, Clear Hearers is basically a a reinterpretation of very ancient uh, uh, ability that people have. It is an ability to hear a clear voice of authority that comes to people and helps them. It can uh, it can do anything, it can, Clear Hearing is the story of an investigation. It's an investigation I began as a child. It's gone throughout my adult life. It's this great voice that comes to people. It can save their lives. It can help them during crisis, but it always uplifts them and helps them. Uh, it's based, uh, Clear Hearing is a, it's an English translation of a f- phrase, Clairaudiante. Clairaudient. Clairaudient comes from the time of Joan of Arc, the uh, young girl who saved France in the 14th century from going out of existence when when France was about to be basically stamped out of existence by by England. And she had she had she was a clear hearer. She was clairaudient, and she had voices that uh, a voice that uh, came to her. She said it was Mother Mary, and would come to her and. Give her guidance and tell her the things she had to do to save France. And uh, that's what Clear Here is about. It's about many people throughout history who've had this ability and it tells and it's also a map as to how people can exercise this ability in their own lives as well.
1: Huh. That makes sense. Would you say that all Claire audiences then have this great voice?
2: Yeah, they do, and uh, they and it comes to them periodically, usually during crisis, usually during times when they have uh, some sort of some terrible anxiety that they need to resolve, and it will it will come and help them. It's always, it's always there to uplift them. And like I said, it can even save their lives as well.
1: I've also heard you say, or refer to a little voice. Would you describe that as... Our intuition
2: yes it is a uh, that's something that's it's the still small voice which is separate from the clear hearing experience it's just a, it's just a inner prompting that everybody has everybody has in their in their lower solar plexus that just it's that sort of like prompting it's really not a voice at all but it's uh, it's that prompting that tells you every day you know, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, avoid this, you know, go towards this way. And uh, it's, but the problem is in modern society, uh, the still small voice has been largely ignored. It's largely, and it's largely become, because we live in such a noisy society and there's so much going on. And so people really have lost, especially with our technology, people have lost touch with that still small voice which is just a sort of like a prompting that gives you the idea of what, what you should do and what you shouldn't do.
0: Definitely. So I have a quick question for you. So I know that you've kind of sunk your fingers into Antarctica a little bit uh-huh. and we're kind of in the process of wanting to do a, a really large, maybe like two or three part episode a, on Antarctica. Where should we jump off at? Like, what's the one thing that we should start to get into when it comes to Antarctica?
2: Well, the first thing you have to do is just, uh, just establish the history. People always need a historical context to really understand an area and and so in the historical context of antarctica is basically the uh global battle that happened over antarctica between the nazis and the united states of america during world war ii when they discovered whatever it is it's there because uh you know antarctica is is all black ops i mean massive global black ops going on all the time even back then and so, yeah, so Admiral Byrd, you know, went over there in a, with a flotilla, an army, uh, a navy flotilla uh, to go and attack Inshadaman. And his his entire, his entire host, I mean, like 12 warships, was attacked by UFOs and destroyed. And he had to call off the operation and he had to bring them back. And there's, you know, there's little clues to all this stuff being, being the case. Uh, because Admiral Byrd gave interviews in Argentina to the press, and he kind of gave little clues about what happened, even though this is all top secret. He's not allowed to talk about it. And so this this war over Antarctica, it's kind of like a Cold War, but it's been going on for quite a while, except now it's got ratcheted up because they've discovered some alien tech out there. So the nations are out there in force and they're all jockeying for position but the final conclusion on antarctica i can tell you is this i believe that we are going to have alien tech eventually released from antarctica to us uh, and it's going to be through the uh, nationalist populist leaders like uh, putin like uh, russia's putin and uh, and donald trump as well here in america and I think they're getting ready for that. That was part of the reason that Donald Trump declared the Space Force, this, this new branch of the military, uh, so that he would be able to release new technology and put it out to the people and have kind of like a way to get that done and, and say that, oh, it's because of the face Space Force. It's not because of aliens. Uh, it's the Space Force that uh, came up with this. And that's part of the reason
0: yeah i think our government right now is definitely gearing us up in some way shape or form for something to happen i mean with the pentagon coming out about we've researched ufos and then trump coming out saying space force it just seems that the government is trying in some way to get information to us and maybe there's something above them that's stopping it but by god they're trying
2: yeah and also it's uh, it's another way that president trump is uh doing a slap in the face to the elite powers in control to the uh, cabal that uh rules the earth because he's basic. he was basically letting them know that he's coming uh for their secret space program that's the one that they think is untouchable and that no one can ever find out about <laughs> and that they can run quietly and peacefully while they while they collect all this stuff And uh, he was basically with the Space Force thing, he was signaling to them that he's coming and he's coming for their entire secret space program and he's gonna grab it all.
0: I mean, I hope honestly, I hope that I live in an era where more information is gonna come out. I can't say that I truly believe that that's gonna happen in my lifetime, but I'm hoping within the next two or three, real disclosure really happens. I know people say all the time, disclosure's happening, disclosure's happening, but I just, I wish it would, happen on a mass level and in your face irrefutable hey guys this is it and i think that we're gearing up for that within the next hundred years
1: yeah hundred years yeah i'm gonna give them a little wiggle room in there because you never know which is too bad because i'll miss it (laughs) both of us (laughs) i won't be there to look around and say i told you i wasn't crazy I mean, oh, we could wow. always have our consciousness
0: no. uploaded to an AI, so we might be here. There you go.
2: There you go. <laughs> Never know. Uh, but no, but no. I think I think we're looking at the sort of thing you're talking about, uh, Brie, happening within like the next next couple of years. I think for sure. That would be amazing. Yeah, and not just that. I think we're gonna have a complete t- transformation of our society based on tech that has been released. It's gonna be similar to 1947 when uh, we had so much technology transfer we had this explosion of technology and I think that's happening that's going to be happening basically right now I mean in the in the things in the year that we're in right now I think a lot of that's going to be happening and it's going to be some of it's going to be you know termed as disclosure some of it's going to be termed as everything but disclosure but I think our society is going to be transformed and a lot of tech that we can't Im- even imagine right now is going to be released to all of us and it's going to be you know it's going to be some of the stuff that tech tesla wanted us to receive you know like free energy at the time that he tried to do it you know, so many years ago when he got crushed.
0: I think that a lot of people are afraid of free energy. I've always been a big proponent of it. I believe that the pyramids have a lot to do with free energy and I know a lot of people, I've gotten in a lot of arguments with people about it, but I think free energy is where we are next and it's going to, saying it's gonna change our society is an understatement.
2: Yeah, absolutely, uh, because I mean, people have gotta be waking up to this, uh, this petrol, uh, petrol gasoline society uh, that we're, structure that we're under. Is just ludicrous. I mean, it's ludicrous.
0: Well, and our, our government has fought so hard to keep us under that petrodollar. I mean, you talk about some of the you know wars or things that go on. You know, the stuff I've, I'm sure you've seen, but from being in the FBI, a lot of it always goes back to the petrodollar. And a lot of people don't want to admit that or accept it—that you know, money makes the world go round. And you know, a lot of the reasons the cabal or the higher powers are trying to suppress a lot of this information is because then it takes down their infrastructure. When you take money out of the equation, what really do they have over everybody?
2: Well, not only that, it would eliminate the reason for wars that the, that were in and so much war is going on. And that's a whole nother industry that the cabal wants to keep running is the, the war industry that helps them in so many ways. And, and once you eliminate petrol dollar, you eliminate this, it's like a domino effect. So many of their other industries are then are then irrelevant. Their The need for them is gone completely. And they, and that's why they're fighting so hard right now. They're fighting so hard. Do you guys, what do you guys think about Q?
0: I haven't done enough research on it to okay. effectively make my comment about it okay. yet.
2: Okay. Before you, before you get married uh, as to, to make yourself more prepared <laughs> for being married, I want you to listen to a video that's out there. The uh, plan to save the world. The plan to save the world—very, very important. You've got to watch that. It's uh, it's the video. It's the primer. It's the basic primer on Q and the information that Q is putting out to the world.
0: Yeah, I've heard the, the bits and pieces about Q. I haven't, mm-hmm. like I said, I haven't gotten quite into it yet. You know, when you when you're inside of this kind of community and researching these kind of subjects, it's a huge rabbit hole. You get one little hook, and then you go down, and then you're in a subject that you never even started off looking into, and you're like, wait, how the hell did I get here?
2: Yes, that's why it's so important that this is this is a basic education video videos just 15 it's just 13 minutes long and it's the plan to save the world and the accompanying video is how how America was almost destroyed by criminals that's the uh, second video accompanying the first one.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, we'll have to check those We're out. We definitely will. So thank you so much for interviewing today. We're just about at the hour mark now. So do you want to let all of our listeners know where they can find you at, where to get your books at, where you are on social media?
2: Yes. Uh, please uh, check out my website. Is uh, Tama Books? com, johntamabooks.com. Also, uh, please check me out on uh, Amazon where my books are, and you can read the first 50 pages for free of the extraterrestrials, my basic expl- my explanation of who alien visitors are, what they're doing, and why they need contact with you. Uh, and uh, then also my uh, book, The Power Investigators, which is the story of all of supernaturally gifted investigators, who they were and what they did. And because it's a very common phenomenon and uh, then uh, and also my, my my last book, The uh, Clear Hearers, which is about a uh, paranormal ability that you probably have right now, The Clear Hearers.
1: I'm sure after we finish that book, we'll beg you for a second interview and we'll probably have so many more questions after that one's and we'll, done. <laughs> we'll, and we'll probably be awesome. bothering you next awesome. year at
0: Contact in the Desert.
2: The deal, guys. Okay.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, again, thank you so John. much it for taking such the time. A pleasure.
2: Awesome. Tidy Waba, guys.
1: Tidy wabba. Thanks. Have thank a good day. You, John.
2: <laughs> Thanks. Take Bye-bye.
0: We, again, we just want to thank John so much for coming on and being
1: interviewed. We had a blast doing it. It was a lot of fun. He's extremely smart. I love where he's going with this. I think he's going in the direction where we need to go. We need to look at more of the paranormal side of all of this.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, what I kind of get collectively from that interview is... We just need to keep looking into shit, man. Like, we can't stop, and we can't let the mainstream media or the mainstream science or our government stop us from finding answers to things.
1: I really like that his eye is on the youth and the importance that our voice has, because I am also all for it. Not just because we have our own podcast, but... Because we really, all of us in the youth, we need to start kind of embedding this into our society in order to create a new one. I think most of us are stuck in the kind of rigid old way of how things have been and not believing in these things not taking it seriously. It's time for everyone to wake up and I really do feel like a lot of that responsibility is in our hands. Yeah, absolutely. So I hope you
0: guys enjoyed the interview. Uh, Make sure you guys go and buy his books. Check him out on YouTube. Uh, We follow him on Instagram. He has a Facebook page. Make sure you guys go talk to him. Have a conversation. He is more than willing, you know, to talk to everybody. Hit him up. I wonder if he's on Onstellar. Haha, he is on Onstellar. Oh, find him on Onstellar. Get it. So we just want to do a quick few shout outs before we close out here because we know this is a long episode. I want to shout out Barry, as always, right off the top. From Blue Uh, Alien Mystic. Yes, shout out to Veronica. Shout out to Frank Zen. Hey, shout out to Cali Girl. And Wokemore. And it can only be Jared. Destiny from Destiny from Space. A doll. Ashley, mom butt. You're so pretty. Oscar, as always, we love you. You're close to us. We will hang out soon,
1: eventually. We just uh, are horrible at planning things. (laughs) Shout out to Drew. Uh, One gram. And Lee, Covert Nerd. It was cool to see you on our lives this week. We haven't seen you in a while. I know. I know you've been busy. Uh, Shout out to my boo-boo, Mike. Hey, Hey. Hey, boo-boo.
0: What's up with you?
1: How you doing? Shout out to Brian Jackson. Brian Jackson. Da, 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 da. He also made an appearance this week, which is nice. Oh, we haven't seen you guys in a while. Same with two schmucks in a mic. Two schmucks, no fucks. Two schmucks, no fucks. Shout out to Raya. Raya. We're gonna get her on the podcast here soon. I know Raya has a ton of her own experiences that I can't wait for us all to hear about. So hopefully she'll be on here pretty soon. Yeah, also shout out to our new friend UFO Jane. UFO Jane. And so
0: cool getting to see her at A. Alien Con. And Glurf the Alien, who we also saw at AlienCon.
1: Yes, he was quite a hit. Everyone wanted pictures with him.
0: Um, I do want to take a moment to shout out our newest Patreon subscriber, Scottie Doodle underscore SW. Scotty! He's over in the UK. We have some goodies on their way to you. I put them in the mail the other day, but I know that UK mail takes like 500 years to get there. So <laughs> it'll be there soon. Don't worry. That's it's awesome. on its way.
1: We appreciate that. Anyone that gives us any type of support, it means the world to us. You guys are a family. Absolutely. Uh, shout out to A.A. A. Ron. A.A. A. Ron.
0: A.A. A. Ron is our new friend who we kind of sort of met at AlienCon, but didn't really. We were staying in the same hotel. We were next to each other on the dance floor. He would not talk to us. I'm going <laughs> to assume that he's intimidated by our beauty. Oh, wow. Um, he came on our Instagram live for like one second when we were at AlienCon and then disappeared. And then he messaged us later and told us that he was too shy and afraid. Now, Jamie will never let him live it down. No, So absolutely now he's going to have to join. All the time. So he came on our live on last Friday. We made him give uh, you guys a tour of his new house that he just bought. It's actually really nice though. It's kind of exciting. We're excited to stay there next time we go there. And last but not least, the last person I want to shout out is Sky.
1: Sky
0: Sky, fuck you. Fuck you.
1: I thought I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah,
0: just Sky, fuck, fuck you, you.
1: Sky. Yeah. I miss Sky though. I know, I just I too. think we should probably move because I feel like everyone's around the same area. Are you saying we should move to Southern California? <sighs> uh, I still want to move to Arizona, but it sucks because I feel like everyone's like in that area, and there's so many fests that happen. We missed Disclosure Fest, which I'm super bummed about. Ryan said it was awesome, Mm -hmm. and now this new thing that's coming out. What is it like a consciousness something thing that you sent me? Let me me find it real quick. I I saw that too because I know that. John D'Souza is also going to be, be there. there.
0: yeah. And right that's
1: here. in Irvine, California. Everything is Southern California. There's like not enough love for the Bay Area over here. It
0: is the Portal to Ascension conference. And it's in October. I don't know. We might, I'm going to see if we can get press passes to that. We have a big enough time chunk. Again, we're not trying to take a bunch of time off of work. So weekends. No, I can't right now. I know. But hopefully we'll be down there and we'll be at that too. But we'll keep you guys posted. What I do want to talk to you guys about real quick here is we're going to be doing a giveaway.
1: Ooh. Ooh.
0: So we got a bunch of stuff from Alien Con, some stuff from Contact in the Desert, a bunch of swag, a bunch of cool like crystals and stuff, and it's a whole package. I'm going to have some pictures up on our Instagram later. It is going to be a giveaway for our Patreon subscribers. So anybody who gives us a dollar or more on Patreon is going to be entered into this raffle. And at the end of July, we're going to be pulling a winner and sending all this stuff to you. So if you guys want to be involved, you guys can look at the Instagram post that will be up on our Instagram. It'll give you some more directions and details. And DM us if you have any questions. But it's only for the people who give to our Patreon, a dollar or more. You guys will all be entered into that. So look out for that.
1: That was gonna be really cool.
0: We got some good shit. There's a lot of good shit. I took some good pictures.
1: You. All right, guys. We love you. We definitely do. You guys are awesome. We appreciate your patience. You know, it's been a really crazy time of year. We just had a lot of shit going on. I'm gonna be leaving here soon. So there's just a lot going on, and we love your support. And we're just going to keep going at it. We'll get back in the groove pretty soon. But thank you guys again. We love you so, so much. Yeah, you guys can hit
0: us up on Instagram at that one time I was abducted. Please shoot us an email at that one time I was abducted at gmail.com. I know we've been getting a lot of DMs about people who wanting to talk about their stories and come on the podcast. And the best thing you guys can do is if you want to be on the show and you want to talk, shoot us an email. Yeah, shoot us an email. Give us a little outline of what your story is and some weekend dates and times that you would be available to record. is going to be the best way to get a hold of us if you want to come on the show. Follow us on Onstellar, at Tatiwaba. Waba, T-O-T-I-W-A-B-A. Hey, and um, that's it, guys.
1: We love you. We love you so much. Fuck you, Mountain View, California. Yeah, Mountain View, California. I'm with it now. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. No, that's kind of mean, actual. Is it? <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't be saying that. Why? <laughs> fuck them. They're one of our biggest listener bases, but no one from How about, will... like, fuck you, Palo Alto, California? California because that's where Stanford is and that's where Mr. Gary Nolan is who faked the results of the Atacama aliens. Okay, so, so just like fuck, fuck you. you Palo Alto. So like just fuck you Bay Area. Fuck you Bay Area. <laughs> See, that's why that's why none of the conferences are coming here because you're all a bunch of assholes. Is that what it is? That's exactly what it is. I figured it out. Okay. Okay. We're done. We're all right, done. done. Bye guys. <laughs>